When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is a special edition. Monday, November 29th edition of the show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Uh, let me go ahead and give you the rundown. Go to winningcureseverything.com. It's got everything you need to know about us over there, all the shows and, and all that good stuff, uh, all the different podcasts, etc. If you would like to jump in on the show, you can do so. There is a chat box right there uh, that will pop up your comments. So you will be on the show for the duration. So uh, lots has happened in the world of college football. So let's go ahead and, uh, and talk about all of this. Uh, the rundown. Oh, I already told you, winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure and head over to the BetUS College Football Show. We're rocking and rolling with that as well. And on top of that, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It is America's premier sports book. You can find them at BetUS.com. There's a link in the description. You can go and click that and make sure and sign up over there. Uh, Steven Stadler already jumps in. Freeze, Rich Rodriguez, and Jerry Kill in CUSA. Not bad. Uh, indeed, Hugh Freeze, of course, signed a massive contract extension. I'm not going to talk about that much today, but uh, but definitely took advantage of a situation. I don't know why he would ever leave Liberty. I have no idea. There is breaking news just popping all the time. Uh, T.J. White on the COVID-19 list. Of course he is. Of course. The Steelers just absolutely tanking. So let's, uh, let's talk about the things that have transpired since Chris and I were on the show yesterday. Uh, again, anybody that's jumping in, jump into the chat. Would love to have you and your opinions on the show. Uh, but since yesterday morning, when Chris and I did our reaction to the college football weekend that was rivalry weekend, we've had a lot of coaching changes. Uh, we have got all kinds of things happening, and we're not going to spend long on this today. Just felt like there was a lot of news. We still have games. We still have all sorts of stuff to discuss later on this week uh, with the NFL, etc. So, first topic on the board... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Bald Poke fan jumps in. I'm hearing Venables to OU. Is this true? We're uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to start with Lincoln Riley and good gracious, uh, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC and fantastic move. Incredible smokescreen by him and his PR people, uh, whoever was involved with that, his agent, etc. cetera. Uh, truth is, I'd sent out a tweet yesterday about this and said that Lincoln Riley didn't want to, he didn't want any part of the SEC. Now, part of this, I've been told, is that he has been pushing things towards the AD, towards the school, things that they would need to improve heading into the SEC, right? And he's met a little backlash. Joe Castiglione, the athletic director at Oklahoma, has been trying to get things done, but it, it's basically hitting your head against the wall over and over and over again. They've never had to do some of these things to be successful in the Big 12. But going into the SEC in the next few years, however far away that actually is, there was going to be more work that needed to be done in order to stay at the same level. That's going to be an issue for whoever the next head coach is. I do think Oklahoma will eventually get it done, but does the school know what they're getting into by heading into the SEC? I don't know that they do. And Lincoln Riley chose USC over LSU due to maybe path of least resistance. Uh, Chris has talked on this show ad nauseum about Lincoln Riley's character and the kind of person he is, etc. He did not want him in Baton Rouge. So Chris, yesterday, when all this news broke, was actually incredibly excited that he was not going to have to cheer for somebody that he did not align with on principles, right? Totally makes sense. It's tough to sell your soul uh, to cheer for a football team, but Chris would have done it the same way any of us would if our favorite team decided to hire somebody that we did not like on a personal level. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Steven jumps in and said the Pac-12 needed something good to happen to make it relevant again. So let's talk about it from the USC point because we're going to talk Oklahoma in just a second. But on the USC side, yes, you absolutely needed something big to happen with USC. You needed a monster hire, something to build some hype, to build hope with that fan base because they need something good heading into this next um, this next round of negotiating as far as media rights deals. And George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, this is exactly what he needed, right? You need USC operating at, a, at an incredibly high level, uh, maybe the peak of the conference, in order to get the most bang for your buck. It, these negotiating rights, it's all based on what you expect from this. USC is must-see TV when they are fantastic. When they're not, you had a game on Friday night with BYU and USC that nobody watched. Nobody cared it was on. There was so much good football throughout the day. Who would want to watch a really crappy USC team get their brains beat in by BYU? Now, it ended up being a pretty close game, but that's the point, is when you've got a USC team that is basically fighting for bowl eligibility, that nobody cares what happens to them or not, that's a different beast. When USC is good, when Notre Dame is good, when Alabama's good, when Oklahoma's good, etc., those name brands bring eyeballs. People either love them or they hate or they hate them. Bottom line. So you need USC to be good in order for people to really hate them. Otherwise, nobody cares. So the fact that they went out, spent the money, Mike Bone, kudos to the AD at USC. This is a major, 
major get, but it also lets me know that USC is ready to be serious about football going forward, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited that they are going to do something uh, to put themselves back on the national radar. They needed to be able to compete with Mario Cristobal and Oregon. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Cristobal at this point. That was also a path of least resistance, but now that you've got somebody on the opposite division that might give you some trouble, uh, Cristobal's got options. I mean, he, he is incredibly well-respected across this country, and there are a lot of open jobs. So never say never. You know, he, he's got everything he could possibly want at Oregon, but who knows what is next coming for him. Let's move off of Lincoln Riley. Let's talk about the place that he just left. The Oklahoma coaching search is going to get really, really interesting. There are a ton of different options. Bet Online has got uh, odds for the next Oklahoma head football coach. And uh, the guy that I am already hearing that they have reached out to, that they are warning that uh, I believe wants the job, is Brent Venables. Uh, his odds already are at plus 275. Now, these odds are worth about as much as the paper that uh, that I could write them down on. Like, these, this is an intern at whatever sports book that is putting them out in the the max bet you can put on it is like 25 bucks. It's They are not going to lose money on this deal, bottom line. Uh, nobody really knows what is happening with this, but the odds on this, uh, Luke Fickle, plus 300. Bob Stoops, plus 425. Bob Stoops, of course, is the uh, the interim coach now. He's the one that retired that allowed Lincoln Riley to take over the head uh, coaching position. But, uh, but Bob Stoops, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach, uh, Josh Heupel, the Tennessee coach. Now, there is bad blood there. It is The relationship is just frigid. Like, there's no way that they are going to hire Heupel. Uh, Joe Castiglione was there when all that stuff happened, when Bob Stoops had to fire Heupel. Remember, Heupel was a quarterback at Oklahoma that did insanely well. <laughs> but he, he was fired as OC because he wasn't doing a good job. So, is what it is on that. Jay Norvell, uh, the Nevada coach, at plus 1,200, Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator there at Oklahoma that appears to be going with Lincoln Riley to USC. Uh, they're saying he's plus 1,200. Dave Aranda, the Baylor coach, plus 1,200. And Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals NFL head coach at plus 1,400. That will not happen. Dave Aranda is re-upping with Baylor. Uh, Alex Grinch, I don't think he's ready for a job that big. Jay Norvell, I don't believe that that is going to happen, but who knows? Mark Stoops, why would you want to go be in your brother's shadow? Uh, there's all kinds of things there. Brent Venables appears to be the guy, and it's the guy that I would hire. You've done, you've been really successful by hiring coordinators that were ready for this position. Brent Venables has been waiting around uh, forever. Why would he have taken any of these other jobs? Uh, <laughs> Matt Miller jumps in. No, Dusty Dvorak just tweeted nothing is final for Venables. No, it's not final yet, but the job just came open yesterday. So I would imagine at some point here pretty soon, Venables will get done, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I, I don't think uh, Matt said they have a press conference in 11 minutes, and, and that's perfectly fine. They will probably address the situation because I don't think they've gotten the chance to do that yet. So um, until I see otherwise, I'm going to believe that it would be Venables. I think that they are better set up in this position. Uh, LSU appears to be the ones that may have to restart. <laughs> they may not know what they're doing, but we'll, we'll talk about them momentarily. So we'll move off of that. Let's talk for a minute about Billy Napier being hired at Florida. That one was big yesterday. Billy Napier appears to me to be a perfect hire uh, for Florida. 
he understands recruiting. He understands the name of the game. He's worked with Saban and Dabo. He knows the recruiting blueprint. He is familiar with that area of the country. Uh, he was incredibly successful in close games, in blowouts, etc. The guy knows how to win, period. He's been over to the West Coast. He's been back over here. Uh, this is this is a great hire. Billy Napier is a smart head coach, and it you you hate to use the term home run because I think everybody used it with Tom Herman. Everybody has used it in the past with a bunch of these other coaches. The truth is you don't really know if the guy is a good fit for the school until he's there. So we'll know in about two, three years whether or not he is cut out for this gig. I would believe that he is. He has been waiting around for one of these. He turned down Auburn. He turned down South Carolina. He's turned he's turned down a multitude of jobs waiting for the right one to open up. And he knew coming into this season that he was going to have a choice of different gigs that would be more suited to what he wants to do and places that will actually give him the things that he needs to be successful. That's the biggest thing when it comes to college football coaching. Uh, let's see, bald poke fans said, whoo, that was close. <laughs> and Matt Miller said, if he doesn't take the job, they're going to go dumpster driving. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so, yes, back to Billy Napier. Fantastic hire. I think it's genius. Uh, I think that LSU possibly missed out on a big-time hire here. I do not believe that they know anything that Florida doesn't as to why LSU would not have wanted to hire Billy Napier. Uh, the truth of the matter is, LSU still dealing with a whole lot of stuff inside that athletic department, but also I don't think the administration was fully aligned. Uh, and you heard Scott Strickland talk about this quite a bit about how, and this was in the press conference right after they fired Dan Mullen, everything was aligned. Everybody is in lockstep, bring in the coach. He's going to be the voice. He's going to be the guy. That's exactly what Saban's got. I, I don't know that anybody's going to get in the way at Florida. I think this is perfect for him. I don't know that LSU has that set up. So we'll uh, we'll hit on LSU in just a minute. But yes, Florida, Billy Napier, absolutely fantastic job. Uh, I, I We're waiting for his staff. We'll see what happens. Obviously, he's got a ball game this weekend. Uh, and then he'll be on his way down to Gainesville. We'll see what happens. So, But he's got to hire a staff. And that will be where you know whether or not he knows what he's doing. Next on the board, we're moving out to the Pac-12. And Washington is set to hire Fresno State head coach Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer has been successful basically everywhere he's been uh, in a coordinator role and now as a head coach. He's, at, he's been at Fresno for the last two seasons and been really, really good. Fresno has done awesome things this season. They, they're getting a good one here. Kalen DeBoer was the OC that really kind of transformed things at Indiana, and once he left, it, things kind of went back into the tank again, as you saw this season they were able to keep things going uh, last year after he left, but he came into Indiana, showed them what to do on the offensive side of the ball, and after that, they hired somebody that did not know how to keep that thing going. But DeBoer, under Jeff Tedford at Fresno State, they were incredible. at Their numbers against the spread, which lets you know how much better they were than expectations, they were absolutely rolling for two years, and then he left, and that program tanked, and Tedford ended up retiring, uh, or resigning, or whatever you want to call it, but Tedford uh, retired, and then DeBoer brought Indiana to New Heights, and then he went back to Fresno State, and Indiana dropped off again, and now Fresno State is sitting on a nine-win season, 
And now he's going to be the Washington head coach. Uh, Washington going the exact opposite of what they did, right? They went with Jimmy Lake, who is known for defense, et cetera, was not able to get it done, and the offense had problems all season. Now you're going to go out and hire an offensive coach. This is what Chris has talked about on this show multiple times about going the opposite of the way that you were going. You do something that did not work, i.e. hiring a defensive guy, so now you're going to go back the other direction. And I like it. I think DeBoer can be really successful. Washington had to make uh, some kind of a change, some kind of a splash hire in order to be successful. And DeBoer knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows that area of the country. Uh, I think he's going to be really successful. So we shall see with that. TCU. TCU is hiring Sonny Dykes. There is a press conference announced on Tuesday. There were some rumors, some notes here and there about the idea that Oklahoma might be interested in Sonny Dykes and that they might push this press conference back. I don't believe that that is happening because SMU has already hired their coach. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a minute. That's how quick this is moving, that TCU hasn't exactly announced their head coaching hire and the coach behind them or the school that he's leaving has already hired their next coach and, and announced it before TCU even could. So, TCU hiring Sonny Dykes, I am not a big fan of this. I don't, I, I have not liked what Sonny Dykes was able to do. He's a great offensive mastermind. Fantastic. Uh, Daniel jumps in and says, who are the coordinators for the Huskies? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yes, you're going to need a defense coordinator, but the, uh, the Kalen DeBoer stuff came out today. So it give him time to hire his staff. I don't think you got to worry about the offensive side of the ball. You are going to have to worry about defense, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if if Texas ends up making staff changes, you bring back Pete. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But it, I don't think you got to worry about that with Kalen. Uh, TCU hiring Sonny Dykes here. Uh, I don't like. I don't like at all. Um, Sonny Dykes as a hire. He just has not been successful. Uh, to the level of expectations that you would have for him. They started out this season 7-0, and went 1-4 and down the stretch. Uh, another 8-4 and season, hasn't won the AAC. It's not that you have to win a conference title. It's just give me something that shows a little bit of hope, right? I'm, I'm just not a fan of this. I, don't, I think that Sonny Dykes is, is different than what TCU is. However, TCU has gone with a defensive guy forever. I also don't like the idea of hiring somebody from a rival school. Now, I know that TCU looks at themselves as uh, higher and better than SMU, and they probably are a better program than SMU, but why hire the the rival coach, right? Auburn did this with Bill Oliver back however long ago where they hired it, but they hired him in as a defensive coordinator. That's a little bit of a different deal. When you are bringing in somebody from across town from a rival school to be the head guy... That just feels really weird. Really, really weird. Uh, but TCU has not had to do this in, in over two decades. So why would I expect that they would know what they're really doing when it comes to this? Uh, and the same thing with Oklahoma. Like, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But TCU, uh, not not a big fan of the Sunny Dykes hire. Uh, we'll see what they do with coordinators, et cetera. There's already talk about them bringing in some guys that were involved in all the Baylor stuff. Not obviously a fan of that or at least some of the guys that were. You guys know my feelings on our brows and all that good stuff, but uh, just a strange situation. Strange situation there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So moving over to SMU, let me write my times down so I can stamp all this stuff afterwards. Uh, oh, jump into the chat right quick. Uh, with Sonny, I think he's a good coach, but he left SMU for the Crosstown Rival. Yes. Uh, and then Steven Sadler jumped in. Love that Napier's gone from the Sun Belt. Of course, I'm a bitter Liberty fan that wanted CUSA with ODU, Marshall, and JMU. And I'm angry that they took those schools and not Liberty. Uh, he wants the Sun Belt to fail. I can understand that. I can totally understand that. Um, so SMU... Sonny Dykes has not even officially been announced as the TCU coach, and SMU has already announced that they are hiring Rhett Lashley, who is the Miami offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator at SMU under Sonny Dykes for a couple of seasons. Uh, Rhett, of course, a Gus Malzahn guy, uh, went up to Connecticut for one uneventful, unsuccessful season, came back down here with Sonny Dykes, did all this good stuff. Uh, I think it's a good fit if you want to keep the same thing rolling. SMU has no reason to believe that they should do anything differently right now. They've been successful. They have not won a conference title, but you get younger here, and you bring in somebody that knows the system, that understands the terrain with recruiting in that Dallas-Fort Worth area, and just in Texas in general, right? He already knows all the boosters. He already knows everybody involved. He already has shaken all the hands that he needs to. I think it's a good hire. If, if you're SMU, this is exactly what you want. Just keep the same thing going. No reason to uh, stir up the apple cart, right? So just just do what you're doing already, and Rhett Lashley is that. Bring him in. Uh, Temple. Temple fired Rod Carey, who they brought in from Northern Illinois. Uh, defensive guy just could not get it going. And it makes sense. Like this program, it, Rod Carey was the next one up, and it was a panic hire because they thought they had Manny Diaz. I take that back. They did have Manny Diaz. Temple had Manny Diaz signed which is why Miami had to pay the buyout for him. But they also knew that they needed to get a head coach in there, and they panicked. And they hired Rod Carey, somebody that had success at Northern Illinois, but he did not understand the the Pennsylvania area. He didn't understand how to win at Temple. And Temple, of course, being an AAC, that's a really good conference. You mess up. I mean, obviously he hasn't had a lot of time there. But uh, Rod Carey has been really bad at Temple, and they would have continued to be bad. Uh, you got guys transferring out. You got a team that absolutely quit on him. That that's not good for anybody involved. Not good for anybody involved. Uh, I don't have a clue who their next guy is. They have gone defense for basically every hire: Matt Rule, Jeff Collins, uh, Manny Diaz, Rod Carey. Uh, do they do they swap it up and change things up and see if they can be a commanding force in the AAC once Cincinnati, UCF and uh, whoever I'm missing uh, leaves uh, Houston uh, once they leave the AAC. Can they do that? Um, I don't know. 
I don't know what Temple wants to be or what they want to do. I think this is a good time for the AD there to kind of reset expectations and maybe just set this whole thing up differently. Find find exactly what you want your identity to be as an athletic program because the basketball program used to be really good. It used to be the bell cow. And that hasn't been good in a few years either. So find a way to shake this thing up. Reset your expectations. Uh, I've got faith that Temple can get this done because they have in the past. Uh, but as you can see, one wrong hire and it all goes up in smoke. So Temple firing Rod Carey. We will see what happens with them next. Jacksonville State is hiring Rich Rodriguez as their next head coach. It, Rich Rodriguez, of course, former Arizona, uh, Arizona head coach. Uh, he was most recently the UL Monroe offensive coordinator. Before that, he was the Ole Miss offensive coordinator uh, under Matt Luke. He was the head coach at West Virginia, head coach uh, unsuccessfully at Michigan. A lot of things there. A lot of things going on here with Rich Rod. He's uh, he's a college football lifer. He's been doing this forever. He was at Tulane under Terry Bowden, uh, Tommy Bowden, excuse me. Um, now he's working with Terry Bowden at ULM. Uh, ULM? Exceeded expectations this season. I think their over-under this year was one and a half, I believe. And they got to four or five wins this year, whatever it was. They did not get to a bowl game. But still, when your win total on the season is one and a half, and you squeak out four wins, and you beat teams like Liberty, etc., yeah, that's a pretty good. Pretty good job there. Uh, but Rich Rodriguez, it's very funny. His wife, Rita, uh, was widely hailed as the reason why he did not take the Alabama job way back when. Uh, when Nick Saban was hired as the head coach a few weeks later, a month later, whatever it was. Uh, And now, of course, she will be uh, with him in Jacksonville, Alabama, which is completely different than Tuscaloosa. Um, But definitely not as much fanfare. You won't get as much uh, crap from the fan base at Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, this one's a relatively, I say big one, but it's a, a relatively big one because they are making the transition here soon from FCS up to FBS they will be involved in the new Conference USA and whatnot. So I'm uh, I'm curious about this. I'm curious what Rich Rodriguez will be able to do at a smaller level. Uh, we saw that he was able to have some success at ULM. Uh, Steven Sadler jumped in. Rodriguez is a great hire for what Jacksonville State could expect. Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, he Steven did jump in on the Temple subject, said, I did not like Temple in the AC. I thought they should go lesser conference. Uh, but now that they've added historically weak teams like Charlotte, Rice, and North Texas, they may fit better than before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not to say that in that Philadelphia area, because of that metro market, uh, that they could not find a way to be successful again, much the same way that they were under Matt Rule. I mean, remember, this is a place that hosted game day. Like, Jeff Collins had a bunch of success there. Rod Carey just was not able to continue that. And that's the way it goes. I mean, you you hit on some home runs, uh, you're not going to hit a home run every time. That's just the way it goes. Uh, so let's let's talk about... Uh, you know, let's do this one first. Let's talk about Spencer Rattler transferring. Uh, obviously, no Lincoln Riley. It makes sense that he would leave, but it kind of made sense that he was going to leave anyway. But I got no idea where he goes. Um, obviously, he was a highly, highly ranked recruit coming out of high school, and he started to show flashes of brilliance towards the end of the 2020 season when Oklahoma was absolutely rolling people and they won another Big 12 title, then rolled Florida, uh, or at least what was left of that Florida team, in the uh, Cotton Bowl at the end of that season. But Spencer Rattler this season just could not get things going. You look at his numbers, 
and the completion percentage is great. Uh, you know, picking up first downs, et cetera. There's a lot of things to like, but he could not throw the ball downfield, and I don't know how good he was at actually reading a defense and moving along his progressions. So what coach allows you or what coach can develop you to teach you that better? I mean, they, there are odds on this already. Spencer Rattler's next team. Um, if Lane Kiffin stays at Ole Miss, Ole Miss plus 200, if Matt Corral goes to the NFL this year, I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't work. Uh, maybe you go to Tennessee with Josh Heupel. Maybe he can teach you how to play that position pretty well. Uh, there's a lot of different areas that you could go where you can be developed as a good quarterback. Uh, do we do we know that Lincoln Riley can develop a quarterback? I, I don't know that we do because we have seen uh, coaches, uh, not coaches, excuse me, we have seen guys transfer in there, but we haven't actually seen him develop a recruit yet. Spencer Rattler was his big-time number one quarterback recruit, and he didn't really develop him. So, you know, he brought in Baker Mayfield and made him a little bit better. He brought in Kyler Murray, made him a little bit better. But those guys were already really good. And then Jalen Hurts comes in with only one year left, and and he had success as well. But I don't know that we've seen him actually develop anybody, so maybe this will be good for Rattler to go somewhere. Now, the question is, of course, where is he going to go Uh They've got Ole Miss on here. They've got SMU with Rhett Lashley. I don't know that I trust that necessarily. Uh, I don't know where you would go. Uh, he's not going to go to Ohio State <laughs> because that's that's who I would think would be able to develop quarterbacks, but who knows at this point? Who knows? But I am, I am very, very curious about this. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine if Spencer Rattler went to Texas with Steve Sarkeesian? Like, I, I think that we trust Steve Sarkeesian to be able to develop quarterbacks, maybe. Um, but who knows? Damian Hernandez jumps in and said, Rattler to Clemson. Uh, you better hope that they got an offensive line. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be drop-down pass after drop-down pass. Um, Dump-offs for days, my friends. And I'll close out this, uh, this little 30-minute show with this topic here, and that is the LSU coaching search. And what do you do if you're LSU at this point? Napier's gone. Uh, Lincoln Riley is gone, obviously. A lot of the guys that you wanted before, James Franklin, uh, Mel Tucker, etc., have signed new deals where they are. Um, it, there is all the talk of Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And uh, who was the other guy? Good gracious. I've got a list here. Uh, Mark Stoops, Matt Campbell, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, Luke Fickle, Dave Aranda, and then there's Lane Kiffin. And I don't think the name is anywhere on that list. There has been a lot of talk today, mostly, from people that I know about Brian Kelly possibly taking the job. Part of that being that Notre Dame is sitting at 11-1 and and has developed an incredibly good football team. But because they do not play in a conference, because they do not ever plan to play in a conference, they have almost zero shot to get into the college football playoff, and it's, I say zero, it's based on what other teams do. The teams that are in front of them have to lose in order for them to have a shot at the college football playoff. That is a really difficult position to be in. It, he has been there for a long time. He is the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, but he is still a young guy. Chris and I have talked about this a lot. Chris would love this guy. 
absolutely. LSU would love this guy. Uh, coming from Notre Dame, I think he would fit brilliantly in Baton Rouge. And this is a guy that you could absolutely hand the reins to, give him a boatload of money, give him every resource that he needs. He'll be able to get better players in at LSU than he was able to get in at Notre Dame. I I hope that this that all of this talk has legs. I think Brian Kelly would absolutely kill it in Baton Rouge. But we'll see. He's not on any of these lists. Uh, <laughs> Damian Hernandez said Jason Garrett to Indy. Yeah, uh, that would be the next question is who takes over Notre Dame, and I would imagine that will probably be Marcus Freeman. That's my guess. Um, all that talk earlier in the season about Marcus Freeman being the next coach, was, was Brian Kelly letting us know something? I mean, it, it, weird question, right? And then, of course, at Notre Dame, you've also got the uh, the idea that Luke Fickle could be the next one in line there because Fickle, everybody seems to know that Fickle would take Penn State, he would take Ohio State, and he would take Notre Dame. Those would be his three spots. And then some people said Michigan State, but he wouldn't take them a couple of years ago. So who knows? I'm, I'm real curious about this LSU hire at this point. Uh, Woodward normally goes out and gets big-name hires. Nobody for the most part, publicly, is talking about Brian Kelly. The people that that I am talking to uh, seem to believe that it is closer to being done than not. I we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but I would, I think that'd be fantastic. I absolutely think it'd be fantastic. I'm checking Twitter just to see, uh, and I don't see anything crazy. I don't see anything crazy. Uh, Mel Tucker's new deal, all the details for that. Uh, etc. I just I, I don't see anything I don't see anything nuts. So with that said, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here for now. But there was just too much to hit on right now that we have not had a chance to. And of course, uh, our next show isn't until Wednesday morning, so we needed to be able to knock this stuff out before our NFL show this week. And of course, we still have our Friday college football show. Uh, with that said, let me go on and get out of here. Go to betus.com. Make sure and sign up over there. There's a link in the description. That is America's premier sports book. It's BetUS, where the game begins. Check out Chris on the new Bookmaker Review college football show, uh, I believe, this weekend. And, of course, the other two shows that we will be doing this week as well. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to BetUS. Check out the BetUS college football show. With that said, I hope all of you guys have a great rest of your afternoon, and, uh, and we will see you again on Wednesday. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.